So thank you for letting me interview you. Sure. How would you define a maverick? Oh, good question. Um, I think a maverick is probably someone who doesn't think of themselves as a maverick, okay. <laughs> first and foremost. Um, because what they try to do or be every day is um, is authentic to what they see and believe is needed. Okay. And it's based on their experience and observation and um, both sensing and thinking, but um, they do what they think is truly needed, mm-hmm. and it comes from them their own experience and their own um, questioning. They're not trying to apply someone else's solve. Okay. Okay, thank you. Why do you think you're a maverick? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Uh, Because I don't think about being a maverick. Um, (laughs) I just think about what's needed. Okay. And I think... My, um, there was a time when I wasn't, um, I was more concerned about adhering to a certain structure and kind of, um, I mean, the way school trained me for that, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're supposed to do well in school. I liked achieving if that was one system of achievement, I, I thrived. Mm-hmm. But I carried that into my work, and I found within a few years that it wasn't um, creating any meaning or it wasn't helping me create meaning for myself. And I found I was just trying to adhere to some external structure that I didn't even question. Yeah. And I think there was a, a, a shallowness in that experience. And when I started actually following my heart and following, paying attention to the things in the world that bothered me most um, and taking steps towards addressing those, mm-hmm. um, those itches, I call them, then I found a world of opportunity in front of me to actually um, do something the world actually needed, okay. which in my case was changing finance to make it far more fair and efficient and therefore better and um, a way for um, the world to fund the ideas it, it wants. Okay. Thank you. The London School of Economics developed a maverickism scale. I'm going to give you seven statements and you just need to say true, false, can't decide. People tell me that I'm a maverick. Or words to that effect. Uh, true. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. True. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. True. (laughs) I am much more productive than other people. Not always, no. Okay. 
I have very unusual talents. True. <laughs> I am generally underestimated by people. I don't know. Okay. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. No, not necessarily. Okay. Why do you do things differently, Danny? Why? Hmm. It's the way I am. Okay, that's fine. It's just it's, the way you are. I mean, it's my father. When I was a young girl, um, I think uh, I'm someone who thinks out loud a lot. Yeah. And uh, it's my way of thinking and figuring things out and processing. And I would irritate my co-founders. <laughs> Because they don't work that way. Okay. And I got upset about it and I started feeling bad about myself, thinking maybe I wasn't smart or whatever. started having all that stupid internal dialogue. And um, my father turned to me and said, Danae, you're just different. You, you think in a nonlinear fashion. Yes. Linear thinkers don't appreciate that. Maybe you as a nonlinear thinker don't appreciate the linear thinkers, but you're different and there's value in that. You can't... Um, you shouldn't have to justify. You should embrace it, and it will it'll bring. Um, it's an important. It's an important. It's an important. Um, it's important that you bring that forward. Don't suppress it because it's not like other people. I think your dad is a very very wise man. Yes. Okay. Does doing things differently then, Danny, require certain skills? And if so, what are they? Uh, the first one is the, is confidence that um, doing things differently is okay. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I had my moments where I was trying to adhere to what other people valued, and that wasn't me. And that's when I faltered. Um, So there's skills of having the confidence to do things differently. There's also, probably before that, is just self-awareness to know the way you do things, what, it, what how it is and how they are different. And then it's the confidence to be okay with that. Okay. And then it's the... Um, ability to objectively assess if the approach you brought created meaningful results or not. Okay. okay. What are the challenges to being a maverick? Uh, hmm. It's easy to have a lot of self-doubt <laughs> when you're different. Yeah. Um, so it's not letting that self-doubt get in the way. Okay. It's also... Um, you have to be okay with being alone. So what's challenging is... Um, especially if you're someone who likes or is comforted by support, you know. Mm-hmm. Formation of others. 
of yourself, yes. affirmation by others of you. Yeah. Um, you, you don't get a lot of that until later. Yes. You get a, once you figure something out and make something work, then you get a lot of it. But that's, oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> but that's, um, if, yeah. you're, if your goal in doing something, if you're, If you have, this is actually, this is a challenge I've had, is mm -hmm. I've had this need or want to be liked. Um, and it's, um, it gets in the way. Okay. That, that makes complete sense. That <laughs> makes complete sense. What aspects of your character influence your maverick approach? You've touched on, you know, my dad's said it, different. Say it again. What aspects of your character influence your maverick approach? Hmm. Aspects of my character. I think... Um, I mean, I think I was raped. My parents were a huge influence on me, and they raised me, us, myself, my brother, my sister, all of us, to um, to be in tune with uh, what you know is right. Okay. Um, or to at least um, give yourself the space to to know, not just from a mental place, but from a heart place That's or. True. Uh, a gut place what's right and um, so I think that that's a, you know that was built that was a character building exercise okay. of my parents I would say okay but I think um, say the question again the, the the question was what aspects of your character influence your maverick approach Um, a character. I mean, I think integrity is, I was, integrity is really, um, something I, I care a lot about. I think, again, from my parents, because in the end, if you're just trying to adhere to something outside yourself, you don't know what's right, what's wrong, what's up, what's down, and there's no, um, there's no anchor, so then you're left with no direction. Okay, no, that but makes sense. I don't. I mean, I think aspects of my character. I'm also just a very um, goes back to just. I'm very. I don't try to be, whenever I try to be somebody I'm not, I get into trouble. <laughs> you okay. know, it doesn't work well. And so, and even to this day, that can come through and like, you know, my co-founders even reminded me, he's like, Danae, you're great at this. You're not great at that. Yeah. Like, why do you keep wanting to do that? Just like focus over here. And part of it's because I want to, I do want to nourish this idea and be helpful and help grow and be involved and stuff. But sometimes that eagerness needs to be tempered by knowing when to step back and not do something. And so I'm still working on that, okay. but it comes from a very genuine place, I guess, 
just very gen. A lot of my a lot of people use the word genuine or authentic to describe me. And when I stay true to myself and just stay in my authentic self, um, that's where I come up with amazing creative ideas, which is like people are like, I never would have thought about that. Because yes. I think I definitely have that nonlinear creative side. Definitely makes has, has its challenges on a different side, but that's what allows um, me to see what's needed and then bring it. Okay. My next question was, and I think you've answered it, but I'm going to ask it just in case there's anything you want to add, was okay. do you think your childhood in any way impacted on you being a maverick? Now, you've touched on the supportive, yeah, supportive family. Anything you want to add? Because I'd hate to not ask you that. Well, what I would add is that my the way my, my, my parents were amazing and that they treated all three kids differently. Mm-hmm. And they treated us differently based on what we needed. So I was, you know, they didn't try to be equal in the sense of everyone has the same rules, everyone has the same. Mm-hmm. They actually looked at our looked at our personalities, looked at our characters as they were authentic, organically, and tried to help push us and encourage us in the way that we needed to be pushed and encouraged okay. to kind of grow into ourselves. And for example, my sister was a, um, was always exploring as a kid. You put her down next to a park bench and she'd crawl away and crawl all the way across the park. And for me, I was totally com- happy just sitting there and playing mm-hmm. with whatever was in front of me. Mm-hmm. And my father saw the difference between my sister and I, even when we were one and two years old. Okay. And he knew then for my sister to challenge, like she went to high school. She always wanted to be out, hmm. dated all kinds of guys. I was like, I'll hang out at home. I'll study. I like to be comfortable here. And so my dad, you know, worked very hard to, help my sister feel safe at home mm-hmm. and invite her home, invite her boyfriend's home, all this stuff. Yeah. And my, he also worked very hard to encourage me to get out. Okay. And like, he knew that to, I was comfortable being at home. So yes. encouraged me to push my comfort zone. So I think they treated us and helped us where in ways where we need, they met us where we were. Okay. They didn't try to superimpose yeah, yeah. structures on us. And I think that was, not just incredibly kind uh, and amazing parenting, <laughs> but um, and very empowering and very uh, um, helping us really find who we are. Danny, I'm an ex-children's nurse. That is amazing parenting. Amazing. Okay? I used to give parenting classes and I would have... That is a brilliant example. Mavericks often have... Unusual talents, as you said. What would you say yours are? Um, I would say nonlinear thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Incredibly creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, uh, fearlessness to be ruthlessly authentic. Um, I've been told that a lot of people wish they could, they, they, which was a weird thing to say, but mm-hmm. when the person told me this, it was incredibly touching and it reinforced 
why I needed to keep doing this, but um, they said, you, like a lot of times when a lot of, um, you know, when people hate on other people, mm-hmm. oh, yes. a lot of times it's for, um, because they're jealous or they want what they can't have. And so they put down the other person to make themselves feel, feel better, better, something yeah. like that. And, um, this very perceptive individual said to me, um, you are so authentic. You almost don't know how to not be. And the, um, you bring that to every interaction and people only wish they could have the courage to be that raw themselves. And they almost, they don't know how you do it. It's almost like this. That's why people are attracted to you, but that's also why some people could hate you. Yeah. I, <laughs> or, I, or stuff I, like that. I so, understand on that on more levels than you will realize at this yeah. precise moment. But suffice to say, it was one of the reasons I've tried so hard to try and get an interview set up with you because I picked that up about you just from when you was talking at Grow. Oh, uh, thank you. I'm a coach. I'm very, very intuitive. Yeah, I think it's... Um, I'm, you know, I, in a lot, in the, along the nonlinear lines, I just see connections and I see parallels between things. And, um, I also, I also been told I'm, um, empathic. And so, um, I can sense what's going on and connect things. Mm-hmm in intuitive way, maybe it's intuitive, yeah. intuitive ways yeah. that a lot of people, logical or linear folks just wouldn't see, see. Okay. which is really hard to justify. No, actually, I explained something. Actually, you're, what you're thinking, you're saying not so well, you're actually saying it very well. You don't sympathize, you empathize. And there's a, there's a world of difference between the two. Yeah. And if you can empathise, that's a gift that most people don't have. Most people have the gift to be able to sympathise. Hmm. How do you see rules? I see rules as... Um, the best effort of a few to help the many. Mm-hmm but not <laughs> permanent, nor absolute, okay. nor right okay. at all. Like, okay. I mean, there are guidelines, they're, but they're not, um, they're certainly not right. Okay. They're from, a, hope they were created probably with the best of intentions by a few to help the many. Hmm. Um, but... Uh, totally changeable, totally should always be revisited. Definitely. I mean, if I followed rules, we would have I never, I never would have left finance to change finance. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's a cycle, isn't it? Yeah. Have you always taken a maverick approach to business or was there a particular trigger? Oh, I didn't always know. I try, I was a period where I was trying to adhere to stuff. 
to hear to finance. And I just was um, not thriving is mm. the way to put it. Um, I found myself asking a lot of questions, not really getting satisfactory answers. I found myself not inspired, not hopeful. And I actually, as a kid growing up, I always had this feeling of, wow, I feel so lucky to be me. Mm. Like I get to be, get to have this awesome life where I get to learn things and be loved and love and stuff. And um, when I went, got into finance, I realized I had stopped feeling that feeling. And, um, I had an experience where I um, got invited to an event where Hollywood meets Wall Street. I went just to kind of get out of the office. Yeah. Thought I was going to witness power brokers of Hollywood and Wall Street talk. It was really just the sea of starving artists. And tell me if I told you the story. No, no, but um, And everyone wanted to talk to me because I was from a bank. And it was two days later that a man, elderly man, um, FedExed me his script with a note saying, I look forward to you financing my film. And I saw how much money he spent on the FedEx package. And that's when I started to cry. Um, And I called my mom because I was really upset by how a man with a lifetime of experience was begging someone like me with no experience for money just because I worked at a bank. So I called my mom and I was crying about, and she said, well, if you're so upset about this, go, go do something about this. <laughs> like stop whining. And, um, that was, again, she, she told me to pay attention to what I'm seeing and sensing and do something about it. And so, um, I went and I started helping the filmmakers and theater producers and I put on this play. I helped get investors to book a venue, get actors there, audience there, got investors there. We put on this one night of production um, with the goal to turn into full-blown production and get the investors to write the check. And everything went perfect except the end, which was the investor said, we're not investing, sorry, good luck. And it was pretty much, we don't really know who you are. And, whatever. and I was just so disappointed by that. Because, like, how can this whole, like, I felt like my parents, again, who also ran a small business my whole life and struggled – they never could get an outside loan um, that wouldn't completely compromise their business or themselves personally and stuff like that. Um, it was just so hard. And so I just had this angst around why is life not fair with financing? And then I worked in this world of Wall Street where people were loaded and there wasn't – it was like a very um, – it was very much of a bubble. And if you weren't in that bubble, good luck. And yeah. just didn't um, feel right. Yeah. And I was failing for the same reasons uh, that my parents were failing. And so um, that's when I started thinking, you know, what could solve this? And it, it was a solve around putting the power back in the people who were in the play in that night, yeah. you know, to decide what idea came to life. And okay. that's when I came up with my original idea around an offline fund, which yes. was similar to original funds, but had a twist with a, de- a democratic twist. And, and then I, that's finally, I was pitching it and pitching it to myself and friends and coworkers and blah, 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 blah. And there's just to a point where no one was really biting. No one was like, eh. right. it was a lot of like, whatever, whatever. And I think I was so sold on it myself. <laughs> 
I got to a point where I was so sick of hearing it myself pitch. I was like, I have to do this. Right. And I also think I was disenchanted of it in my work and that I wasn't creating real meaning okay. from that. So it was a kind of a culminating moment where I finally just quit and went back to business school to start this company. And I was petrified. I had also seen myself as this financial pillar in the family and by quitting finance, I was putting that at risk. My parents did not put that on me at all. Yeah. And I just wanted to do something for them. And um, it, I had no idea what I was going to do. I didn't know how I was going to figure this out. I didn't know how, if I was right, to start a company. I just started pitching and I just started taking steps. And that's how I found my co-founders. And then that's how it all happened. Okay. Now... Are you always a maverick or do you choose to be so at times and why? I think I used to see that like doing things differently was my, became my way of doing anything. Okay. But um, I probably matured a little bit now. <laughs> and um, it there's a time... Again, it goes back to like sometimes doing things differently is what's needed, and then sometimes doing things, not recreating the wheel is what needed. And so the discernment between the two, I think I've gotten a little better at. I wouldn't say I'm perfect. Okay. But it's definitely become a habit almost of like doing things differently. I mean, the company we started in Indiegogo is changing finance. Everything we do is cutting edge like how we do payments it's the first time any crowdfunding platform has done payments so it's just like it has we have to instill this way of thinking different yeah but um so is this choice when you're sometimes you're a maverick and sometimes no the wheel's not broken let's just go with it is that a conscious or unconscious decision has to be conscious has to be conscious thank you what are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business messier is that an advantage or a disadvantage Uh, (laughs) uh, it's both actually okay yeah an advantage is that it's necessary to create anything meaningful new part of the recipe okay for uh, innovation and and change which ultimately is what a new company is doing um it's a disadvantage in that it makes it harder to work in a structured environment. And ultimately, um, as you build a company, for example, you there's a certain amount of structure that needs to happen. So to make the structure, to, to, to nourish the structure. And so it's, I would say that's been a challenge for me is... Um, Okay. Finding uh, finding my roles where I'm still, um, well, no, I mean it's not in that. I think because I, I'm the people said I'm the heart of this company and like I live and breathe our values and it's and our mission and all that stuff. Um, it's uh, important that I continue to be that different perspective. Mm-hmm. And represent that for people so they yeah. can hold on to it too, um, but or be guided by it. 
but sometimes in the execution of things, it's easier to do things through structure and the process we've put in place so that people, everyone is set up for success. So it's made it a little harder to yeah, be definitely. as free flowing and nimble. Yeah, because the people are what makes a culture, not the building or the offices or the rules, it's the people. And I can see the challenge when that's what, what from what you're saying. You know, you're being the maverick, you're being that in the culture, but you've still got to get the day-to-day ship afloat, basically. Right. Which is why it's interesting. I'm running culture now. So it's uh, how do we get the processes, the how do we get the people and the processes and the metrics all aligned such that everything is in alignment with our mission and values and all that kind of stuff. Mm. To, to me, it's not that different to the ward philosophy they used to have. This is how we work on this ward, and this is how we're going to look after the kids. It's just a different. It's just a different environment. Mm-hmm. Are there any situations where being a maverick is positively harmful? Well, if you're a maverick just to be a maverick because you like being doing things differently, then that's dangerous. Mm. Um, because then it's about ego, oh, and when you're yes. driven by the ego, then um, you might not actually do what's needed. Yes. But, um, I mean, a maverick is someone that does what's needed, which I think is sometimes, again, it gets back to maybe it is doing, not recreating the wheel and just doing the same thing that okay. way. But it's also having the courage to know if that is not sufficient and coming up with something else. Okay. okay. You've touched on some of this, but has Asian experience altered your maverick approach? I think Asian experiences just made me appreciate more and more the value of the importance of seeing what's needed. Okay. <laughs> I mean, um, what, again, my I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm done learning at all. <laughs> a lot. I still bump up against walls. I'm like not knowing what to do. But um, I think when I come back to myself and try to pay attention to what I see is happening, what, from my experience, needs to happen, that isn't the best guy that can get. And so the more experience of doing that just reinforces that that's the right way of doing things. Okay. What aspects of your life are you most maverick in? Work, friends, love. (laughs) What aspects of your life are you least maverick in? But also add to the most maverick in my kind of spiritual interests. And then least maverick in would be my spiritual interests too. Sometimes I don't do what I know is needed. <laughs> um, I, I picked that up about you. <laughs> it's hard. Um, yes. Um, the spiritual thing? It's on a totally different playing field to the rest of everything we do. My mum's Hindu, and I grew up with all that, so... Yeah. I mean, I think I go in and out. I think sometimes I don't do what I need to be doing with my friends, and sometimes I do. And so it's... Like, my, I told my friend I'd give her a call, and I haven't done it. Why haven't I done it? You know? I just... Uh, let laziness set in or let whatever set in. So Ring it tonight. Yeah. yeah. 
What aspects of your business are you most maverick in? What aspects of my business? Um, how we hire, uh, what our mission is, um, who we hire, um, how we treat our people, how we reward our people, okay. how we... Um, I want to be more maverick in how we uh, roadmap our product, but I'm not as influential there, so I, maybe okay. that's my opportunity. Yes, I think it could be a very big opportunity, actually. Um, what aspects of your business are you least maverick in? Me personally or a company? You. But if you are the company, then that's fine. Yeah. Um, probably a product because I don't I don't code, and so I have a lack of um, input to assess it. Okay, that makes sense. Because I don't understand code. So I have to just live through vision and mission and customer needs and stuff like that to communicate with that and give it to product and hope that they can take that and do something with it. Mm -hmm. How do you balance being a maverick with your, your home life? Uh, it's, it's the same. It's not okay. the same. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm... I don't know how much I work. I love it. I don't. I spend a lot of time with my family. Like I'm addicted to my niece and nephew. Okay. <laughs> so I spend an inordinate amount of time with them, way more than I know a lot of my friends do with their nieces yeah. and nephews. I just love them, and so I spend time there. I just do what I know is right, and for me, what's right is family and friends. Thank you. And work. And, and what I'm doing on this planet with my work, so. Is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave behind? Um, well, I think the definition of a maverick is... I don't think about legacy. I think, like, think that by thinking about legacy... It's like thinking that being a maverick, the point of being a maverick is doing something different. It's like, it's a mean, like, it's a means into an end. I mean, it, um, if you think about what legacy you want to leave, then you're not going to leave a legacy because <laughs> then you're doing it for the wrong reason. So what I think about is my mother's actually has been volunteering for Zen Hospice. And she came home one night and said from her experience that um, she's noticed that, or she's observed in her experience that people die the way they live. And um, I think I know, might know what that means. I think I don't know yet, really. But I just think in living a conscious life, which is one where you're seeing the world as it really is and doing what's needed, 
is the point of any of it. Mm-hmm. And so if by doing that, it helps others do the same, then great. Okay. And I can't hope for that. That's not the point of it. Okay. How much of anything of being a maverick is related to give back? I, I mean, I think of I think of this as give forward. Yeah, a few people have used that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like what I'm doing here is trying to change things that will impact people and, and set people up to live a more intentional, meaningful life themselves. Mm-hmm. So, okay. giving them the tools and platforms to go make their dreams happen is like a... Yeah. Cool. I sort of, I sort of do the same thing, just in a different way. Yeah. How do your ethics and values impact on being a maverick, do you think? I mean, it's coming out completely, but I just want to ask you the same questions I ask people. Ethics and values. It's kind of one and the same again. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's... Do what's right. Do what's do what you know is needed, and see what's see. Don't I? My tendency where I get into trouble is when I project things, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, my what I value is just trying to see what's really there, and do what's needed. And if I forget that, and I lose myself in the moment. Hopefully, I can at least see after the fact that, that, that that's what happened. Okay. And I can at least try to move forward with that, knowing that I, I can try again. Okay. Mavericks tend to be risk takers. What's the biggest risk you've taken in business to date? Quitting my cush job. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people that one came up with. Quitting okay. finance to change finance. Okay. That's a good strap line. <laughs> How many ventures have you taken? Because remember, I'm interviewing people who are serial entrepreneurs. and So how many ventures or projects have you undertaken in the past five years? One. Okay. What would you consider? No, Sorry, I no. see myself as entrepreneurship for me is also a means to an end. Like I don't, I don't know if I'll start another company or I don't know. Yeah. I don't think about that. I think the way to fix finance and change it is by starting this company. So I did entrepreneurship for that reason, not because I have some identity around thinking I'm the yeah, That makes sense. So what would you consider are the characteristics of a successful venture? Successful ventures, according to Danny. Um, a clear mission with an authentic purpose, like an authentic why, mm-hmm. um, where the why comes from comes from a very real and deep place for the founders. It's not just a quick uh, opportunity or charge to take okay. it, and then alignment be- between the why, the values strategy, the goals, people, the operational processes, and the metrics. Completely. Seeing as you've only done this one venture, would you say this was successful? (laughs) Success is such a funny word. It is, isn't it? Our culture. Um, Compared to, you know, your definition of success you've just given... 
according to that definition, is Indiegogo successful? We're on our way. We're on your way. Okay. Yeah. And what do you think? I mean, some of this, because I can see your persona coming through, but what did you do that made the venture successful? Made sure we had a clear why. Excellent. Good Good old Simon Sinek. Totally. I love him. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, and I didn't do that consciously, it's a, but I think we got lucky, but okay. I, this is kind of my self-reflection, but I think, and we made, I made sure we hired people that agreed with that. Yes. As a maverick, what are you afraid of? Uh, I used to be afraid before I started this, that this would this work, mm-hmm. but, um, I don't want to say I don't have fears because that would be true. <laughs> but I do think that I don't know. Okay, we can leave that as I don't know. I don't I mean I think yeah, there's Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. How important is team to you? Everything. Okay. Very important. Do you draw on other mavericks in any way? I should more. I don't enough. Okay. I think that's a remnant of feeling like I, um, like I, oh, you always want to see what's needed, but sometimes talking to other people can share a perspective that then you can take and kind of incorporate. But, um, no, I think that's one of my weaknesses and I don't ask for help enough. Okay. Okay. How and where did you get your permission to be a maverick? Honestly, it probably came from my parents. Okay, thank you. Does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership? Yeah. How? Um... uh, as a leader, it's it's your job it's it's your job to kind of help other people find the maverick in themselves. So, okay. um, which is allow them to be who they are, and play to their strengths, and recognize their strengths, and allow them to thrive in the way they should. Okay. okay. Is being a maverick related to creativity? And if so, how? Uh, it's um, it, um, it's sometimes creativity is required to do what's needed. <laughs> Definitely. And what about innovation? Is being a maverick related to innovation? Yeah, same same answer. Okay. Are there any career choices you regret? as they relate to your potential as a maverick. You know, some people have said, you know, if I hadn't done that, I think I'd have got there by now. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, if I hadn't gone into finance, I wouldn't have realized that I wanted to change it. So I think I had to go through that experience. Okay. Maybe I didn't need to stay so long. Okay, but, okay. But maybe I needed to stay that long to really... Soak it in. Hmm. 
So I think it's impossible to know. Yeah. All you know is your one experience. <laughs> is there anyone who's a maverick that inspires you? My dad was. Wow. And who is someone in your life that makes all the difference? My dad. My mom. Okay. Is there anything you have to suffer because you're a maverick? Uh, the discomfort of not necessarily fitting in all the time. Classic answer. It's come it, seriously. If I so far, that's been one of the biggest things. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Yeah, that's why I'm continuing. Um, yeah. What motivates you as a maverick? That it's hard to do what's needed, and that um, my dad actually left me with this quote before he died. He said. Um, the world has a lot of inertia, and it's it's likes to say no. Um, it doesn't like change, and as and as in a, as you're as someone who's starting a company who's not doing an entrepreneurial thing, uh, it's your job to keep saying yes, and don't expect anybody to pat you on the back for it because they won't. And maybe one day they will, but they probably won't anyways. And it's but that's not the point. The point is. You need to do this because the world needs you to do it and they don't even know it. I was, I'm really sorry your dad's passed away because I was seriously going to say I'd love to meet him. Do you like being a maverick? Now I do. Okay. And is being a maverick important and why? I think, I mean, I think... Um, yeah, I think the world needs people to really think about what it needs and do the work to bring, to make it better. Okay. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, how maverick are you? Uh, probably like a eight. Good. Seven, maybe. I don't know. Okay. What advice would you give to someone, okay, who feels they're a maverick so they can ensure that they can be the best maverick they can possibly be? What would be the advice you would give them? Um, get out of your head and start experiencing things okay. and pay attention to how you respond to those experiences organically okay, and what so. that tells you about yourself and what you love and are good at and what you notice about the world and what it needs. Thank you. Final question. What would you like to have been asked that I haven't asked you? Uh, um, Are you born a maverick or bred a maverick? Okay, thank you.